Hey everyone, this is AM Reviews. I'm Adrian. I'm Muhammad. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and all things superheroes. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, which will all be linked in the description of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to AM Reviews. It's Muhammad and Adrian. And today we're here to review the Marvel film, The Eternals. And this film stars Angelina Jolie as Thena, Kit Harrington. Um, it's a little spoiler right there for who he is, but you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Madden as Icarus. This is um, <clears throat> Jima Chan, I think that's how you say it. Uh, mm-hmm. Cersei. Sama Hayek as Ajak, Don Lee as Gilgamesh, um, Brian Tyree Henry as Fastos, Lauren Ridloff as Makari, Leah McHugh as Sprite, Barry Kiagon as Druig, Kumal Nanjiani as Kingo. And I think that's the main cast. But essentially, this film was about a race of immortal beings with superhuman powers who have secretly lived on Earth for thousands of years. Reunite to battle the evil deviants. So what did you get from the film, The Eternals? So I loved um, Eternals. I think it was... The way I've been describing is the most beautiful Marvel movie. I think it's um, very cinematic, I think, both in how it was filmed and the way the character stories are told. It's not like the traditional, it's not like Avengers or um, Ant-Man or Guardians of the Galaxy. It has its own tone. It almost feels like it's outside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, with the way that it's filmed, but still using those characters. And I thought, and I appreciated it. I think it's another way to include more genres into the MCU. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, Now, at first, I couldn't exactly get on board with this because I did not know where this thing was going. Um, It kind of puts you right into things right at the beginning. I'm like, what's going on? Who are these people? Um, But after a while, I caught on and it started to get better. But um, I do have to commend Marvel (laughs) for just making good excuses for these people not to be present earlier on. (laughs) They they keep making really good excuses. I mean, these are um, highly powered beings that could have made a difference early on. And they explain, oh, well, you know, we're not supposed to involve ourselves in that kind of stuff. So um, there's your explanation. And then... (laughs) Yeah, it was like, yeah, we were here. We were watching. We were um, invincible. We saw it all happen. We've been here for thousands of years. And that wasn't our job. So get over it. We had one job and we did that. That's all we're here for. Yeah. We don't do overtime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not doing anything extra. But um, it's it's almost like their story happens alongside everybody else, but still in a different area. Mm-hmm. And that's just really hard to do. I mean, for them to tell this story 
and you can see why they don't they don't kind of cross paths with everybody else. That's actually really amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I could have seen um, happen and I think it didn't happen. I'm okay with that, but them kind of kind of doing what happened in um, Endgame where they're going back in time and seeing, you know, what's going on in the MCU at that point with the current heroes going back. Um, they could have chose to have this movie, you know, have random scenes of them interacting with other MCU characters throughout time, just, you know, secretly and that kind of a thing, or coincidentally, they were in the background, no one noticed. They could have did that. I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad it had its own tone for somehow they felt like the oldest heroes and the newest heroes at the same time, which is, which is hard to do. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree. Um, a lot of emphasis on the old heroes because these guys are here from the beginning, like literally right. <laughs> the beginning right. of time on earth. And um, they kind of go back and forth between present day and in the past kind of like a non-linear story being told here and yes it shows the progression throughout their lives and um what happened that led up to this point um some of their history uh where they came from who is the leader of them um right it's very interesting and marvel has definitely gone intergalactic i mean yeah. just way out there and one thing that i want to talk about i mean eventually we're going to get more in depth to this character but the celestial mm-hmm. every time he showed up on screen i love that theme it's almost like this mm-hmm. out of world just like beyond beyond all people all beings just like mm. <laughs> it, it was right just i mean the scale i mean he, it was beautifully done and in the comics if they're so huge and it doesn't make sense and and they did the same thing here but somehow it felt like this is how it would be it's happening right these weird comics that on the fringes of interest the people who are who read marvel comics it's here and they're doing it and it's like oh my gosh it's happening it's happening um and that was crazy to see the entire time i think um the way the story was told going back and forth in time um, and how it's affecting things present day is interesting. Um, starting to get into the story, I guess I'll go with a timeline that we don't necessarily know in the beginning, but um, this is six days after everyone is snapped back, right? From um, the blip or Thanos's or undoing the blip whenever um, Tony Stark snaps everyone back after Thanos got rid of half population of the entire universe. Um, this occurs then. So it's nice to see that big moment in the MCU really having large effects um, and, and seeing those effects play out here is interesting. And how can this movie, which takes place a week after that event, not affect the other movies like the Spider-Man movies and things that we've seen that have happened way after the blip, right? Um, so they ex- explain that too. I mean, why they're gone um, and what it means going forward, right? And who might come back is, is very interesting. But I think um, I'll start talking about Ajax, that, that character, the leader of the Eternals, the spiritual leader, um, Sama Hayek. I thought she did a really good job 
she was very believable at first i was afraid that we wouldn't see that much of her because you could i could kind of tell from the trailers she might not be someone in a lot of the film um and honestly i feel like some hike and um angela jolie were probably the the least seen character uh, eternals um in the most publicized eternals because they're huge superstars compared to the rest of the cats um yeah but they they didn't have that much as the others who were kind of driving it all but still big impacts which was good and they didn't you know bait us into seeing it because they were in it but um i did wish i saw more of those too well before you move on um i think angelina jolie's character thena yeah probably had the least amount of lines i mean <laughs> least amount of lines the most impactful i think <laughs> really the most impactful I think, I think so i think um i mean without getting into too much but a big reason why they were separated is because of her um and you know the goofy i like the serious pep talk that still sound was goofy at the same time that she gave at one point um her whole character, I thought, was was very interesting um, in how it ties into the story and relates to real life. But I'll save that until we get into more of the story. Yeah, so um, I guess we can kind of explain some of the characters. So Thena, Angelina Jolie's character, it's kind of like this warrior princess character that you've kind of already seen before, but she can pretty much create any kind of weapon that she can think of. Um, and she's really dangerous with it. Uh, right. Icarus is basically your Superman. I mean, literally. <laughs> right. Laser eyes, flight. No cold breath that I've seen or no. that, that he showed. Um, but pretty much he's Superman. Right. And they agree he's the strongest. Yes. Um, and I, I'm guessing he's the one with multiple powers. I don't think anybody else has more than one. That's a good point. Um, Ajax, she can heal anybody. Um, and she's also the leader, but I don't think she can do anything else outside of that. Mm-mm. Cersei. I felt bad for her. Mm. <laughs> that was hard to watch. <laughs> Cer- <laughs> Cersei. You brought me here? <laughs> Just to watch what? <laughs> um, so Cersei, um, she can pretty much change any object into anything that she wants. Um, pretty. I mean, I, I don't think she has any um, control over human life. It just has no. to be something that's um, that, that that's lifeless, basically. Right. Um, Gilgamesh, he's just strong. <laughs> One Punch Man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Literally, just that's it. He's strong. Kingo. Um. He can shoot things, shoot projectiles. Right, I'll call the projectiles guy, right? If they're <laughs> video game characters, he's the guy you want if you want to run away and shoot. Yeah, I actually enjoyed his character the most. Him, really, and his uh, assistant that oh, they called Alfred. Well, he both took- of them. <laughs> <laughs> the assistant took the show. He was he was one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, I, I enjoyed both of them. They they were the most fun to deal with. Um, Druig. He can influence anybody um, pretty much almost like brainwash or think of him like Professor X. Yep. Um, but I, I found him kind of whiny. I don't know. I, a little 
little bit. He was he was he was the emo kid of the group, you know, <laughs> a little angsty. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, you can go ahead and leave. I, I don't care. <laughs> um, Sprite, she can create illusions, and um, she was a little whiny too, but I mean, she was fine. Um, she, but but she, uh, that, uh, her situation, <laughs> Tinkerbell, so sad. <laughs> uh, Makari, she could run really fast. Basically, she's yes. the Flash. I like how they did her faster. Oh, faster. Okay. Um, but yeah, I like how they did her speed, how they showed it. Um, yeah. It was almost like her jumping through time with the yep. screen just moving so fast. Um, and she's also deaf. Um, right. She's doing sign language, which is also really nice and interesting. Um, Fastos, played by Brian Tyree Henry. He can create anything. He is an inventor. Um, so they all pretty much have like this golden, I don't know what to call it, but yeah, almost like, almost like what you see with Tony Stark, how he has like some kind of, um, not illusion, but, um, hologram type of thing. Mm -hmm. It just shows up and they just start moving their hands and that's how most of their powers work. Right. It's it's like, um, like almost like an architect, the drawings, form around them and what they're doing um in the same patterns that are on um, their ship and on the um, celestials and it just kind of all connects um almost like a blueprint for things in the real world yeah um but first off uh, at, at the beginning it kind of starts off right in the middle of some battle where a deviant is attacking some humans and then they jump in and you know beat the thing up but before that, this deviant just devours this this guy. I mean, just straight up eats him. <laughs> <laughs> right, and, and the deviants really don't have much of a much of a call for anything. Uh, one thing I'll say is it's interesting at the beginning of the film how they had to have the the words go across the screen, almost like Star Wars, um, to set up the story because their story is so grand that you need context to figure out what is happening. Um, and it seems the movie has a lot of mixed reviews. And I think some of that is because of that context, not only to do with how it was filmed, but some of that necessariness to understand the story. You can't have just a traditional origin story for them. Um, and so you have the deviants who are these creatures that are pretty much just apex predators. That's alluded to in the beginning, right? What is that? What is an apex predator? Um, and they are just on earth, like you said, just wreaking havoc as soon as they come, eating people savagely. I thought they were beautiful creatures as well. Very interestingly done. Um, they were colorful, but still like the monsters. So I like that. Not just one green blob or a gray thing. Um, they had like almost like a metallic rainbow effect to them. Um, so they were interesting. But yeah, they were graceful. doing that. They almost, almost graceful. Um, but... They, yeah, they came, were doing that, and then the Eternals just showed up out of the blue and saved the day on their on their spaceship. And he was just accepted. Um, and, and, and that is like their theme through time. The Deviants show up, the Eternals take them out. Um, and their names, uh, a lot of them are based off of, um, what's kind of funny, they're based off of like Greek mythology and, and spiritual religious things. Um, but at the same time in the MCU, it's argued that actually the 
religious symbol, symbols and names are actually named after them. Um, so you have Athena, right? Who's Athena, the Greek goddess of war, um, is an easy one. Makari, she's fast. Um, Mercury was the Zeus's messenger um, in Olympia. He had, you know, fast feet, so he ran fast too, just like Makari. Um, and Icarus, who can fly. Um, and there's a story about the the little boy Icarus who wanted to fly. So um, I can't remember if it was Zeus or who gave him the wings, but they gave him clay wings and he flew too close to the sun and they melted and he fell to his demise, right? And so all these things like allude to what kind of happens in their story um, or how they influence the humans in the MCU through stories and whatnot. So, which is confusing since you have like Thor, who's an actual guy in the MCU, um, but like the stories come from different places. So that gets a bit confusing, but um, so they can be viewed as gods and were viewed as gods in the very beginning when they are beating the deviants. But with how the story is told, we don't know why the deviants are here, why the Eternals are here until really the middle of the movie, right? We don't really get the explanation because um, the Celestials have secrets and Ajax is the only one who can talk to them. Um, Arashem. Knows the truth, yes. Arashem, um, the, um, the, the judge. Um, so if you, that's one thing too, if you have to kind of do research and figuring out there's more than one Celestial, um, which they kind of explain, but they all have, the bigger ones have names and, um, you know, purposes and whatnot. And Urashim is the judge, um, which is kind of alluded to at the end. But yeah, that's who we, they're reporting to. Um, but they're but they're on their mission um, and they take it very seriously. And their only rule is they cannot interfere with human conflict. They're there to advance the species best they can, which they do by protecting them from the deviants and giving them tools, resources, things to grow. Yeah, and Ajak is the leader of them, and she talks to Arashim. She's the only one that can really talk to him, and they follow right under her. Um, she's almost like the messenger mm-hmm. passing on the message from Arashim. Um, and it also did take me a while to get on board with this film because I just did not know what was going on. Um, mm. I started to get to know some of the characters through them telling their story. I mean, mostly yeah. with Cersei and Icarus because yeah. they're kind of like the, the two main characters. And then you kind of have a love triangle with um, Kit Harrington's character. Um, right. But he actually shows up at the beginning and then the end. Right. <laughs> One uh, awkward phone call in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forgot about that. But um, yeah, Cersei. Um, oh, we got a um, Kim Possible message. <laughs> but. <laughs> But um, yeah, it, it took me a while. I, I just did not know what was going on until they started explaining more about their history and kind of going back and forth between present day and past. Um, yeah. But pretty much uh, the Eternals have been around for a long time, you know, trying to help humans um, fight against the, the deviants up until a point where I think it's like 1500 A.D., mm-hmm. um, and pretty much all of, all of the deviants have been eradicated from the earth, from what they know. And Athena, uh, she starts to lose her mind. Um, seems like she's being controlled and they have to restrain her. And this is the kind of like the sign for them, like, what are we even doing here? Um, a lot of them have conflicting thoughts. 
kind of questioning each other, mostly Ajax, like what what is Arisham saying? What should we do now? Um, mm-hmm. And this is where I thought that the guy Druig was kind of whiny. I mean, I understood what he was saying, but he was still kind of whiny. I mean, he was like seeing all this suffering throughout this the the whole time that we've been here and we can't step in to do anything. He's like, I'm sick of just sitting around, which, yeah, that, that's really good. That's noble of him. Yeah. But he was really whiny about it. <laughs> he was, I guess someone had to be the end. Well, he was, I wouldn't even consider him the real antagonist, but, um, you know, they had blind loyalty to Ajax, and he was the only one that questioned it, knowing that he could make things a lot better. Um, it was, it was confusing as to why, why he was instructed not to, and he took issue with that. Um so I, I, yeah, I understood his frustration, um, but them's the rules, right? Um, and, you know, they, they do a good job to not fight one another um, or bicker too much, but he made those complaints, you know, over the decades, over the centuries, and eventually Ajax said, fine, you can go. And we can, the deviants are gone to, the, to our knowledge. I think it's fine if we just split up. For a couple of centuries um until present day um, like 500 years <laughs> right uh when they're brought back to five thousand years when they're brought back um together because of what is happening here today so basically the deviants come back um you know and and we think the first attack is um, against Cersei and Sprite, who've been living in london um Sprite has been just faking life as a child because she's eternally look she's built like a child she looks like a child she sounds like a child it's unfortunate because she's centuries years old um but she is a child in the eyes of humans and has to do what children do and not what adults do which is really sad and complicated um so she's there with cersei they're attacked um it just so happens that icarus is nearby watching over as icarus and cersei broke up after their marriage thousands of years prior um and you know fends off that deviant but they notice that he can heal himself um which is strange because deviants never do that in the past so they say we had to get the band back together and start with ajak and they find her dead at her home i also thought it was interesting they didn't question as to why or how they even found each other they don't explain that piece right how they know where each other where they just are um which is interesting they got that connection the the right. unimind connection you know maybe maybe that's it um to me that just give me red flags and icarus from the jump that he just knew where these people were um oh yeah had tabs on them particularly knowing where ajax was i was like how does how do they no questions asked they just know because that house is not thousands of years old so how did he know exactly where to go? Um, He's the only one that kind of does that because mm-hmm. they have to go around the world to find the other ones. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we're kind of skipping to the end, but, you know. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard. <laughs> Once you see it, it's hard to, to, under, to, to not, to unsee it, really, to tell the story from um, start to finish and actually knowing the order. Um, but, you know, we're going to go there anyway. So, we find out Ajax is dead and like, what are we going to do? We got to get the rest of the band back together because these deviants are out here. They're dangerous, more dangerous than the four before, but we're having flashbacks this entire time looking at Icarus and Cersei and Ajax and what's going on. And it turns out that 
um, Icarus had came back to Ajax six days prior, right after um, Tony Stark snaps the world back together and or the universe back together. And Ajax has, I, we can't, they delayed the birth of a celestial. So it's, it's revealed their whole plan, their whole plan to be there is to um, protect the celestial host essentially, right? He needs energy from intelligent life to grow. He was implanted in the center of earth, beginning of time. Um, and the deviants were, did their part by getting rid of the predators so that humans were able to come about and you know, develop. The Eternals then came and killed the Deviants because the Deviants were killing the humans, which was not their intent. They were doing too much. So the, um, the Arishim created the Eternals, then killed the Deviants. Um, and they were almost done. Uh, there was enough intelligent life almost to bring back uh, or to birth the new Celestial. But then the blip happened. And when everyone came back at once, that was, that's the big, that's the commercial. That's Ajax speech that has been played for almost a year, it feels like. Um, the people of this planet came together and brought everyone back with a snap of a finger. And that inspired her to go against Arishim's wishes and help prevent the birth of the Celestial. But Icarus is a loyal soldier and said, absolutely not kill the Ajax. But the way he killed Ajax was just ruthless. I thought it was sad, you know, I don't know, seeing um, seeing T'Challa thrown off the, 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 the waterfall or seeing um, Black Widow sacrifice herself for the soul stone. But this man, he almost pulled a scar. He took her to see this group of deviants. And she's like, oh, what are we going to do? We need to fight these things because they're back. And he said, uh, no, I'm not going with your plan. And pushed her down there. And she looks back and said, why don't you just kill me yourself? He said he needed to be believable and pushed her down there to fight for her, fend for herself against the five deviants, I think it was. And to her death, she can heal herself, but it's very slow. It's not like Wolverine. She still feels all the pain and it was sad. <laughs> Watching her get tore up like that. Yeah. That was sad. He could have just killed her, chose not to. Yeah, it was sad. I mean, he was very ruthless. And the deviant, I guess this was the leader deviant, he absorbed her and took her right. powers and right. turned her body gray, almost like Jarvis or um, not Jarvis, <laughs> um, the vision. vision. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they, 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 their organic body turns into this green thing. Um, and we're not sure why, but she is dead. Um, and Icarus knows this when he goes to visit the house with Cersei and Sprite, or pretends he doesn't. And while there, Cersei approaches the body, and this stone that was inside Ajax that allows her to speak to the Celestials exits her body and enters Cersei's, and she's now the leader and can speak to Arishim. Um, one detail we skipped over, which is in the past, which is only relevant because we go to the future, um, is what partially what leads to their breakup in their last fight against the deviants. Angelina Jolie's character, Athena, has a breakdown pretty much, and her eyes go white. She starts to, her face almost flickers like a robot, which I thought was interesting, but made more sense later on. Um, and her eyes go white, and she's rattling off planet names that have been destroyed and 
you know, saying everyone's going to die. It really reminded me of PTSD, right? Something sets you off and takes you back to a place where you're in a war and you're fighting. She turns on the Eternals and starts kicking butt, really. Um, and they stop her and they, Ajax says she has what's called mad weary, where too much memories are in her mind and she's breaking down and she needs to wipe her clean. But she asks not to. She doesn't want to forget who she is. Um, and yoga master will take care of her no matter what and that leads to um to our to our dark friend i'm forgetting his name um no not icarus um druig to start his speech and actually leave um this is a good time go ahead and split up you take care of um thena and we'll just be out here vibing it'd be fine um and so gilgamesh takes care of thena after this episode and um she still has him every now and again but he knows how to calm her down and things um so also once they oh go ahead i was gonna say that he died too gilgamesh yes eventually he is killed too which is i was also like i, I wanted all these characters to continue and i was like i guess they all can't continue it's just the mcu is getting huge um but he takes care of her and um, the way we find all of this out, you know, that where they've been once Cersei and Sprite Icarus leave Ajax with the stone and go start to get the band back together. They go to Gilgamesh and Thena first. And um, we see her have a couple, one of those episodes and, and how they kind of deal with it. Um, and that is when Cersei starts to talk to the Erisham um, and finds out the real plan. And it starts to make sense because he reveals their entire history and why it's a lie. But like there is no home planet of Olympia. They're all from, but they were all manufactured by him um, as inorganic beings because the deviants were and could evolve and mess things up. So the Eternals are perfect robots that can never, well, I guess they can die, but it takes very extreme circumstances. Um, And it kind of, it, Thea didn't, didn't have mad weary she wasn't going crazy but she her, her mind was starting to remember all of her past lives because it over and over again populating the universe with all these intelligent beings so it's like the eternal this this is where it gets so big in the mcu or in marvel in general the eternals the celestials they are the creators of life in the mcu right and you can go further up you know who created the celestials and then you have the one above all um who has created everything kind of like actually stan lee but um the mcu's version of god you could say um which is a different character which is interesting um there's a god and there is a one above all who are different people but essentially so far this is the top of the food chain the celestials um they are the end the beginning of the universe um, and the other universes, um, and they do everything. And the Eternals have helped them do it. They've had a touch in every form of life there is, which is like crazy big concept to even think about. Um, but somehow they make it palatable in this movie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you just know when they show up on screen, um, Erishim, because that theme music is epic it's almost yeah. like a horn just going off like mm. it's like it's yeah. the, the scale is so large it's just like hypnotizing <laughs> yeah and he's huge the palm of his hand the eternals were human size like a speck 
<laughs> in his hand. You never see his full body because it's just too big to comprehend. It's just his head and part of his hand. <laughs> right. He appears at one point. He appears looking at the earth. And you see him as a, I mean, bigger than the sun because he is huge. He can stand on earth if he wanted to. It would <laughs> fall between his toenails. Like, he's just huge. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And it's almost like he could just destroy the planet with just blinking. Just <laughs> right. Just swipe up his hand. <laughs> it's like, I, I'm just letting you just live here just because I, I'm, I'm being nice right now. But pretty much <laughs> it can pretty much do anything. It's almost like all the characters that we've known up until this point could just be gone in just a swipe of his hand. Right. Which makes all problems seem so small compared to now. Right. I mean, the blip made a big difference because it delayed the birth of a celestial um, and it led to all this happening. If there wasn't the blip, there wouldn't have been this fight and Earth would have been gone. So I guess grand design, it was supposed to happen this way. But yeah, I mean, huge, 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 huge um, ideas of, of what the heck is going on. Um, and it, it, yes, I, you know, I think it changes the MCU and how it, what it is going forward forever. Um, at the same time, it doesn't because it's already been happening. It's already happened and it's just so far above anything that matters to everyday people that the everyday person, even the average heroes would never, would never know about any of this. Like they're not going to fight alongside the Avengers because they're just too good for that. Too good. No, I, I think they will. I think they will. They, they'll show up. Um, I think, I mean, they might, but I can't imagine in what capacity, I mean, I mean, you have like Fastos, for example. Fastos is pretty much he could he could sneeze and uh, outdo anything that Iron Man could ever think of. Like he's it just like I'm that one scene. I mean, he created the steam engine when they were still using a plow when they weren't in Ajax. Said the humans aren't ready yet. Like he just has ideas and just knows things. Um, you know, there's an emotional scene where. He, he, you know, he cries because his technology has been used for, for conflict in the atomic bomb in Hiroshima. Um, so it's, it's interesting. It also is a bigger theme to make you think about, you know, God or and a higher power and, and how things are and if there's ever regret um, in making things the way they are. And it, I guess it's all grand design, but this, this asks some big questions, which is, which is very interesting. So, I mean, yes, they could fight alongside the Avengers and um, others and, and, you know, they have in the comics, but it's just their problems will just never be the same problems. They, they have better things to do. <laughs> well, I, I think you can compare them to the godlike characters in the MCU already, like a Captain Marvel or Thor, <clears throat> maybe even Star-Lord. I mean, cause he's like half celestial or whatever. This is true. Um, so it's it's a lot of intergalactic stuff that's going to be happening from now on, I think. Um, just out of world stuff. Um, maybe even going to what's uh, the Cree, their planet, 
or the scroll, you know, somewhere around there, just going to different planets and seeing how they live and seeing how they interact. I think that's where we're headed at this point. Yeah, I mean, we have to be. I mean, we still have Nick Fury out there on a ship with the scroll. We still have Captain Marvel leaving every five minutes to do something <laughs> that she won't talk about. Um, so it's only getting bigger, right? We have the multiverse is breaking, is broken. Um, what you is got that? Spider Man. These people, right? Spider Man. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't think we finish the story um but yeah order at least no i mean the movie's not really in order maybe that's what people have a problem with i haven't really read any reviews or looked at any videos but it's not rated well um no (laughs) i think it it doesn't give you the same feeling that some of the marvel movies give you so could turn people off when you say that do you mean like the the jokes and the happy ending? Uh, not even the jokes and happy ending, but just the, I think the action, I thought the action was really good and sprinkled throughout with the story, but maybe for some, it just wasn't, it was too much of a family drama for some maybe. Um, Cause you do have a lot of that with this. I mean, you have your, your aunt with PTSD, the married couple who got a divorce who got back together, but he's still, you know, not, or who are still flirting, but he's really not good for anyone. You have the, um, the, the darker uh, outcast of the family and Druig, the, the popular cousin Kango or Kingo, um, who's all about jokes and, and kind of self-centered. Um, Gilgamesh is, you know, everyone's favorite uncle. Um, Sprite, a kid who's, you know, she's smart, but, he is annoying and on the wrong side of things. Um, I think the only characters, in my opinion, without much, um, who are very interesting um, and, and not very uh, confrontational, Makari, I think, uh, Fastos, and Gilgamesh, probably the most like non-problematic characters, and then Thena maybe, but um, I don't know. It was, it was, it felt, it, it did have a lot more drama, I think, than the average Marvel film and less cool montages. It was definitely not the average origin film. I don't see any problem with what you just said about, you know, the family drama and these characters. I think it gives a lot of depth to the characters and the story, um, which Marvel has done before. So I'm not sure what people are disliking about the film, but I mean, I, I could say that I wasn't really... I, I didn't get on board at first because I didn't know exactly what was going on. But as you go further along, they explain some things and you start to get on board with things that, or at least I did um, because I, I really didn't know who these characters were. Why should I even mm-hmm. care? Um, who was this? Who was that? So um, I can see that near the beginning, but if you're, you know, really into the movie and really paying attention I don't think this is a bad movie. No, I don't think so at all. Right. And it's very, it's very mixed. I think Rotten Tomatoes has it now under 50%. Um, but the audience score is 84%. So it's very um very, yeah, like the critic response or the sum up, I guess, is uh 
an ambitious superhero epic that, that soars as often as it strains, Eternals ta- takes the MCU in intriguing and occasionally confounding new directions. Um, but the audience says it's a different kind of Marvel movie, but Eternals still contains all the action, humor, and heart that fans are looking for. So I don't know. These, I mean, you get bogged down in these reviews. It never makes any sense. So definitely not a reason to not watch. No, no. I would definitely watch this or watch it again. But mm-hmm. <clears throat> so where, where were we? Um, so Ajax is dead. Um, she was killed by Icarus, the Superman. Um, Gilgamesh, he also gets killed by one of the deviants while they're on their journey to finding everybody. Um, and they really don't speak about him again. I mean, Ajax is brought up multiple times mm-hmm. after her death, but Gilgamesh, they're like, who cares? <laughs> they well, don't Gilgamesh, even mention his name. I mean, he, was, he was just there, right? I mean, he was good. <laughs> he did it. He fought well. Um, he took care of Thena, but he was unproblematic. Didn't really bring much to the table. Um, whereas, I mean, Ajax was the leader, right? All the decisions she made. He was just there having a good time. I mean, his total screen time might be 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, it's pretty low. (laughs) Not everybody can be a main character. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he still could have been there, though. But, um, yeah, they could have used him towards the end for some muscle. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, I'm trying to see what happens after that. So, um, Erishem... Uh, he's talking to Cersei because the power to talk to Erishem has now been turned over to Cersei after Ajax has died. Um, she finds out the whole plan of the of the Celestial and where they came from and how they built the Deviants to get rid of the Apex Predators on Earth. But the Deviants evolved to be something worse than they thought. So that's why the Eternals were made so they could get rid of the Deviants. Um, and they're there just to build up the world or populate the world, so that so a, a another celestial may be born, um, mm-hmm. and that's where Cersei finds out. Okay, we need to stop this because this is going to end the Earth and all the people that we've met up until this point. So, um, let's get everybody together. We'll figure out something, and. They come across Fastos. They finally meet him, his him and his family. He is the first gay character in the Marvel Universe. So mm-hmm. he has a whole family with a husband and a son. And, you know, they're a nice little family. Yeah. And he doesn't want to leave them. Um, that's also one other thing. A lot of the people who had their own stuff going on, they didn't want to leave. But the people that were in their lives were like, oh, no, you can go ahead. Like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like, wait, so you're telling me you're pretty much a godlike being and you're sitting here making mac and cheese? No, you go save the world. Here you go. It's fine. It's fine. Right. You live forever. I won't. So go. Right. Um, and it was interesting. Yeah. They were quick to make it. No, you should go. <laughs> yeah. They weren't like, no, don't, no, stay with us. No, they were like, no, you can go ahead. Just go ahead. And the one with the most questions, I guess, was Kit Harrington's character, um, who wanted to know the most and was, I think, the most realistically skeptical 
um, or confused by it all, but he was in it the least. Yeah. Um, but he'll definitely show up again. Um, but yeah, so they come across him and he is the inventor of the team. And would you say he's the smartest one? I mean, maybe he probably is. Fastos? Uh, yes. Um, it's it's like in it's like a, a kind of smart. So I mean, he is the most technical, but he wouldn't be the one you would necessarily go to. Well, for like tactics and things. He's like your tech guy. Yeah, he's going to be the one who gives you the coolest things to make your job successful, but he's not necessarily, not necessarily the person you go to to come up with a plan. Um, I think that's still reserved for Ajax and, and maybe Athena in being um, on how to do things, um, but his input is extremely valuable. Yes. And it seems, at least in this movie, the really the, the, the last battle scene in this, that was the first time that they kind of used his tech with him um it seems like in the in other really in the past you never you kind of see five of them fighting and five of them not fighting just kind of showing up and helping um so you have the doers and the teachers um where ajax Cersei, um sprite fastos and druid those are like the teachers the ones um who kind of really develop life um on the planet and 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 bring harmony while thena um, Icarus, uh, Kingo, Gildamesh, they are the muscle, the fighters. They're, they're the muscle. Exactly. They're the muscle. Um, they are, they are getting the deviants. That is their whole thing. And Makari. Um, they're just there to fight, not really there to think much. So it's an interesting dynamic. So they're all good in their own way, but, um, definitely two, two big groups. Yes. Um, but yeah, when they come across him, he's basically the catalyst for stopping this, um, the birth of this celestial. Um, they try to come together and figure out, you know, how can we stop this? And there's this Unimind theory that they come up with where they kind of, it's almost like the Power Rangers coming together and building <laughs> one big it is robotic thing. <laughs> And uh, they call it the Unimind, where they can all combine their powers so they can stop it. Um, but this is where we get the other side of Icarus, the Superman-like character, where, um, well, in the story, this is where, where they show um, how he killed Ajax, how he led her to her death, and how he already knew of the Celestials' plans and where they came from. Because Ajax told him um, years before. But um, yeah. he's like, you know what? You know, I'm, I'm not down with this. We need to stick with what Arishem has already told us. This is the mission. We are not to interfere with human affairs. So I'm going to stop you. <laughs> so yeah. he, he pretty much just fights all of them. Um, and it was actually a really interesting battle. Um, it was. He pulled a Superman, like in yeah. uh, Batman v Superman. Evil Superman. And he was really successful for the most part. Um, yeah. He was pretty much beating all of them. And I mean, it was a really good scene. I mean, I really like when Makari was going up against him. It was like Superman oh my fighting the Flash. <laughs> yes. And doing it well. She's no goofy running, no tripping or not. I'm on it. You pissed me off. 
my best friend Druid, you 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 put him in a hole? Absolutely not today. I mean, she was doing like um, what's it, um, injustice final battle moves. Like that's what she was doing to him. <laughs> and it was great. Yeah, it was really good. Really nice scene. Superman versus Flash on screen. Um, we did have that with 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 the Justice League, but a lot less graceful. I mean, yes, you, you you can't have the Flash tripping all the time. That's just ridiculous, and running in that stupid way. I, I'm just I just don't like it. It looks terrible. But <laughs> enough about that. <laughs> um, it was just a really good fight. Um, just showing off all their powers, but uh, Fastos, I guess he was preparing for this moment because he kind of dislikes Icarus. Um, he's like, I finally get to clip your wings and he straps them down in some kind of invention that he made. Um, while Cersei goes off to stop the emergence, that's what they call um, the birth of the celestial. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're able to stop it uh, and pretty much save the day. I mean, nothing big happens to where it's just like, you know how the world is ending where like everything's kind of toppling over um, the oceans are taking over the lands and everything. None of that kind of happens, but mm -hmm. um, it just kind of stops the, the celestial is never born. And, um, they move on. Uh, well, Icarus, you know, like the story, the old story, he does fly mm -hmm. very close to the sun and pretty much turns into nothing yeah. or at least from what we've shown, but, um, I don't think he's dead. I, I think he's going to come back somehow. Okay. Uh, trying to think, uh, Sprite, she was also on the side of Icarus. Um, she was trying to trick Cersei as Cersei was trying to stop the, the emergence. Um, and she stabs Cersei in the back, literally. And that's where she explains how she just wants to be human. She wants to be a real girl, I guess, you know, like Pinocchio. But, yes. <laughs> uh, that's pretty much her, her whole motivation. She's, she's just like um, really being a hater. I mean, that's, that's what I was thinking when she was explaining herself, she was jealous that she wasn't able to live like a human. So, you know, let's just go ahead and just go through with the mission and move on to the next planet. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I like Sprite's character. I like her abilities, not her character. <laughs> I say that. I liked her abilities, not her character. Um, no fault of the actor or the actress, I think. Um, did a good job, but mm, didn't really care for her. Oh, <laughs> her part of the story. Yeah, <laughs> didn't really care for her of the story um, in it much. Um, gosh, I'm thinking about anything we might have glossed over. Um, well, after they saved the world, uh, Arishem. Ah, yeah, we can go to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he just they, shows yes. up out of nowhere. I mean, he just like, right. <laughs> right, right. But this time he, he shows up, but like, to the point people can see him like he's done he didn't bring cersei to him um we didn't contact that way he showed up on the earth's doorstep and said hey hi how are you all um 
And it's like, his character is also very interesting. No mouth, no eyes. He just is like a being, a rock that exists. Um, but it's very scary and intimidating to look at. Um, but he, he calls only three, because I guess the other Eternals left to um, go to other planets to find other Eternals to get them to stop waking up Celestials, which is an interesting, they go back and forth this concept. Um, is it right to save these millions of lives? We could, we could be ending a billion year cycle for billions of lives. Um, but they decided to do that. So, um, right, you have that group that goes off um, in, in, the, in the ship to, to um, prevent other Eternals from carrying out their duties. And you have Fastos, Cersei, and oh, who's the other one that was stuck? You mean the one that he took? That he took, yeah. I don't know. I knew it was Cersei. He's like, get over here. Yeah. <laughs> ah, snatched her up. Um, I think it was, was it Sprite? Had to have been. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it would have had to have been, yeah. It, or or Dru- No, it was Druig. Druig, um, Cersei, and uh, Fastos were taken up to to uh, Ayrsham and he said, okay, you killed a celestial. Uh, congratulations. You messed up my plan that's only been baking for a billion years. Um, I was patient, but you've pissed me off. Um, but I will see if these people are worth saving um, based on your memories. I'm going to review your memories, all your files, and I will let you know. I will come back for judgment was his last words. And it was alluding to that celestial who is Arashem, the judge, um, pretty much judging if there, if it is worth keeping life or not. Um, there are other celestials that have other like titles, I guess, if they were a council, um, but he is the one who always casts judgment. So he is now doing that and says he will return once he has his answer. So that means we could potentially have another the next big bad thing out there floating around is Erisham. It, who knows how long it'll take him to review the memories and when he wants to come back to, to cast judgment or he might rule in our favor. Who knows? Yeah, like, I mean, but what is he doing this whole time? I mean, <laughs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, what was Thanos doing floating in a chair? Um, but, but, I, but, but he was sending out people to do things to get like the infinity stones. Yeah, still, I thought he was awkward as well. But I would imagine Erishim is probably just creating more celestials um, <laughs> and planting them across the cosmos. Um, he's like, you know, pretty much a gardener, planting seeds in planets, um, finding out what lands would work, putting, you know, deviants on the planet first and then eternals on that planet. Um, so, yeah, it is an interesting concept. But, uh, I mean, how long is it going to take him to go through... 7,000 years of memories. I don't know because it's confusing because I mean, he is so powerful. Does he have to like click play and pause and watch it like a normal person or can you just upload them to a organic database that just, you know, he just knows what this put in there. It's not really made clear in his workshop, how that works. I would think that he would be just watching this whole time, but apparently he hasn't been, he's off doing something else. He's out gardening. I'm telling you, he's planting more celestials. But doesn't it take like a swipe of his hand? That is unclear. We saw the 
we saw it get planted, but we did not see like how that happened. They more into discussion of how celestials were created than how, or they went into how eternals were created less than how um, celestials were. Yeah. Well, I guess we can only take one concept at a time. But... Right, right, right. A lot of big stuff going on here. Yeah. Um, but he is one of the uh, celestials or one of two celestials that we have already met because we had Ego um, mm-hmm. and now Arishem. Uh, I wonder if he'll ever talk about any other celestial, like, you know, the celestial has been destroyed or something. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, that's for another movie. Correct. Uh, but pretty much, you know, that's how the movie ends. He just swipes them up, get over here, and uh, that's it. <laughs> I mean, Right. <laughs> I mean, we do have some post-credit scenes that we'll talk about, but it wraps up in that way. I mean, it's not really a happy ending. You kind of mm. start where we left off, <laughs> like right. nothing happened. <laughs> and we know that you know a couple of years have gone by i think because the spider-man movies what are like a year or two after the book the last one or the upcoming one the last one the last one was i think maybe a few months after a few months okay i can't remember if it was a year or not or i mean it could have been a year i don't know i haven't seen it in a while yeah so we know significant time has went by um, at least on human standards at times, because this is literally seven days after the um, return of everyone. Yeah. Um, so he's, no, he's not back yet. <laughs> no, it's going to take him a while. He's just going to put that on his list, his to-do list. Right. He's <laughs> like, oh, it was one celestial. I have three billion others across the cosmos to think about right now. I'll be back in a billion years. Pretty much. <laughs> which is in- I mean, which is interesting because I mean, that means the MCU could in theory never have another Eternals movie or have one in another 15 years if they wanted. <laughs> 15. Wow. I mean, I doubt they wait that long. Who knows if this is going to stick around that long? Um, you know, it's been a fun ride. I don't know when it's going to end, but it's it's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I definitely want it to continue. I think way back in, I think it was 2014, mm-hmm. it was said that they had a plan all the way to 2024. Yeah. So I'm thinking that they have a plan for the next 10 years from right now. Um, crazy. Because we haven't even gotten to that year. Right. I mean, but we're really close, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> in the future, still no flying cars. Well, yeah, that's just not going to happen. But <laughs> no flying cars, no hoverboards, no teleportation devices, and we're living in the 2020s, the roaring 20s. All we have is a pandemic. <laughs> well, you can take that back, but yeah, um, yeah. So uh, one post-credit scene is with I think Thena and one other Eternal. Thena, uh, Makari, and. no i don't know i know thena was in there mm-hmm. but um oh thena no i don't care. yeah i'm pretty sure she was in it she was yeah um but in this one it's uh harry styles yeah. and he gets a introduction by 
he's a little man. Pip. He said Pip. Pip the troll, I believe. Pip the troll. Yes, he gets an introduction. Um, he is. Was it Eros? Mm-hmm. Char- the character Eros, Thanos's brother, and um, it makes it very interesting. Really interesting. Um, are we going to have a reoccurrence of Thanos, which I would love to see? Ah, oh my goodness. Because um, I, I really don't know th- that much about this character, Eros. Um, no, I don't know much. But it also, I mean, I mean, Marvel, the books are confusing anyway. And the, and the movies are getting to this place where these deeper concepts and it's getting really... I want to just go backwards. The, just come back to the to the X-Men. Just bring them back. But, um, you know, simple <laughs> things that I want. But um, what's confusing is the Eternals are crafted by the Celestials. They're inorganic beings who cannot advance or um, evolve. So, and I know Thanos is an Eternal with a deviant gene but he has parents, a planet. How? If the Eternals are essentially robots. Well, it, you have to separate the comics and the movies. Um, I think in this iteration, Thanos is not a deviant. He is something else. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean, he's a, he's a brother of an Eternal, which makes him an Eternal. But I'm saying, how the fact that he even has a brother doesn't make sense because they're because this just explained the Eternals are essentially robots with fake memories. So are all his memories fake? Who? Thanos or, or Eros or, I mean. I don't know. I mean, it just could be brother in name, not actual blood brother. It's true. It's true. But also why? <laughs> and how many memories do they have? How old are they? I don't know. I it mean, brings, it brings more questions than answers. Maybe it's like a Loki Thor situation. They aren't actually brothers, but, you know, they grew up together. Like what brothers. does that even mean, grew up? Because there is baby Thanos and he does grow up. But, like, <laughs> Eternals don't grow. Well, it... I guess different <laughs> kinds. Maybe different Celestials have different rules for creating Eternals. Maybe that's it. I don't know. I didn't even think about this. <laughs> I've thought about it before this movie and now even more. Oh, well, either way, it's going to be really interesting. Um, oh, we'll yeah. get to see more of Eros and the backstory with Thanos, I think. Um, Maybe. I mean, I also think it's interesting choosing Harry Styles, a singer, to do this. I mean, I have no reason to believe he's not going to be famous in years, but I mean, there's a chance he's not going to be famous. Um, so it's interesting they pick him to be this character. So to me, it tells me he's not going to be that important um, because of the person they picked. But I could be wrong. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't really listen to his music, so. Um, me either. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be really interesting. Um, also, there's another post-credit scene with Kit Harrington's character. And it's revealed that he is the Black Knight, which is kind of like a medieval character who wields the sword. Um, 
and he sees the sword in this uh, post-credit scene. Yeah. And from what I've seen and heard, we also hear the voice of, um, is it Mahershala Ali? Something like mm-hmm. that. The guy who's supposed to be Blade. We hear his voice, um, you know, kind of like a teaser. And just looking back at some um, IGN videos of how the, um, the post credits are explained, um, hmm. they're in the same team. They they team up somehow, kind of like an Avengers style group. <clears throat> right. And um, I guess that's why his voice was there, but I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just expanding the universe in these post credit scenes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um... I was so stuck on Thanos, honestly. But um, it's. <laughs> you want to see Thanos again? I mean, I I wouldn't mind seeing more of him. I just I just I just want more backstory that maybe needs to be a, a TV show and not a movie. But um, just even if they had like a historian, I would like a series from the Watcher. Maybe a different Watcher. Who just goes over history? I would um, like a, I would like a history class here. Kind of like a what if? Not even a what if. I need what now. I need the actual. <laughs> this is what's happening in the MCU, and here is the history behind it. A timeline of some kind that needs to be updated occasionally with different episodes. I just need someone sitting down with a book. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's how the the MCU can bring in the X-Men, just have Professor X talk about everything that is the MCU. Yeah, but I think we're going to have to wait at least a few years for the X-Men. I think Fantastic Four will be the next one. You know, that Fox universe, those characters. I think that'll be the next one, maybe in the the next two years, maybe. But X-Men is going to have to wait a little longer. I think they want to get rid of that stain that was left with the last X-Men, especially um, Dark Phoenix and what was that other one? The scary one. Well, not really scary. Oh, but... I don't even want to talk about that. Yeah, it's trash. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the New That's Mutants. Sad movie. Awful. Yeah. Should have yeah. never been made. But <laughs> they, they want people to forget about that. <laughs> so most likely a five-year difference. Hmm. I mean, if you think about it, that came out in 2019 because nothing came out in 2020. So maybe 2024. (sighs) (laughs) I feel your pain. (laughs) But, you know, we're getting other new characters to learn about and expand the universe. So I'm excited. Um, I really did like this movie. Uh, I'm I'm interested to see what other people have been saying about this, why they yes. have given it a low rating, but right. I I enjoyed it. I mean, I don't I don't see too much wrong with it. Um it is a different type of feel for a Marvel movie. But um I would say I enjoyed it. Yeah, definitely. I thought it was an awesome movie to watch. Um the history that was given in this film on the Eternals really cool really like how they do it um how they did it um and 
they did a good job of showing all their power sets together and even against one another, since we know that some of them are now dead, Ajax, Gilgamesh, um, Icarus, question mark. Um, but yeah, I would, I would love to see more. Even if it has to come in the form of flashbacks. <laughs> yeah. Um... They, if they can do it with Black Widow, they can do it with them. Okay. Her whole movie was a flashback. <laughs> I guess so. Um, but let's go ahead and give it a rating. So the lowest rating is trash. Middle is background noise. And the highest is a banger. So how would you rate the film? The Eternals. I would rate the film Eternals a low banger. I think I have to reserve mid and high only because I want more. Um, I don't know how they could have given it to me. I think they did a great job, but I would still have, I, I don't know, something something else, something else in this. Maybe more from Angelina Jolie's character, but they didn't give her enough screen time. Um, I don't know, because she's too awesome, I think. Uh, <laughs> That's why? <laughs> I think so. She was. She costs too much, and she's too great of an actress. She's outshining everybody. Um, I thought Selma Hayek did an awesome job as Ajax. Um, I understand why they chose. I get well. Maybe I don't understand, but the main characters were Cersei and Icarus, and I couldn't find them more boring. I mean, they just. <laughs> ugh, I didn't care for. D- definitely not Cersei. Definitely didn't care for her. Um, <laughs> it felt like Cersei got all the boring parts of Wonder Woman. And thinking about all the exciting parts. Um, so didn't really care that it focused on them so much. Um, Kingo was hilarious. I would like to see more from him. Also, he was, just, he was just absent in the entire last fight scene. He just left. Yeah. Didn't come back. Didn't need him. The, the hive one mind didn't pick him up from wherever he went. Him <laughs> and his driver just, all right. Um, family's fighting. I don't think we should kill the Celestial, but you're going to do it. So I'm just going to leave because Icarus is scary. And and left. Yes. And Never. did not come back at all. He said, I'm going to go make some more movies Pretty <laughs> in, much. in Bollywood. <laughs> Pretty much. He just skedaddled. Um, so that was that was interesting. So, um, but yeah. I wish we had I more would, of him with his valet. <laughs> With his butler. I, his valet, he could have it. He should have been in an in-credit scene or a mid-credit scene because <laughs> um, he was hilarious. You know, recording everything, just grateful to be there. He brought humanity back to it because, you know, they're, they're on this level where they find out they're like perfect robots who can't die, at least easily, um, charged with being here for centuries. And he was just like, it's an honor to be in the presence of the world's first superheroes. The world's gonna end, but I'm glad I, you know, got to see this. Got to, it was it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Yeah, um, I really did like Kingo Kumail Nanjiani's character. Um, mm-hmm. I really did enjoy him, but I'm gonna give this film a high background noise. Um, it now okay. now now it's not actual background noise, but I don't know if it's good enough to get in that banger range. Mm. Um, it was, it was a little boring in the beginning. I'm telling you, following Cersei and Icarus around, or just Cersei um, around, it eh, could do a little less. I could have a little less of her. Um, I didn't think she was that bad. 
No, she wasn't bad. It was just all the boring parts involved her. <laughs> her thinking off into space, talking to her boyfriend, planting flowers. Like it just I, I would want we got a lot of we got a lot of her and spreading, you know, cultivating nature and everything. Um I would like to see what Fastos is doing. Where's his montage? I would have loved to have seen that. Um, even Druid or um, Makari. Makari. I feel like they could have all they could have all had more interesting adventures in Cersei that we didn't get to see. Yeah, I agree. Um, Cersei. I guess she was the most innocent one, and yeah. I mean, they didn't think that she would be the one to get the. Um, the leader role passed over to her. They thought it was going to be Icarus because of how strong he was and right. I guess how well-rounded he was. He was mm-hmm. kind of like the, the perfect eternal out of all of them. Right. Um, but I guess Ajax already knew, you know, mm-hmm. he's the one that's probably not the best one to have this power. Right. But um, said, at this table, one of you betrayed me. <laughs> she already knew. <laughs> Is it me? Hey, Jack. You know who you are. Icarus was like, nah, it's, you know, it's not going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> Must be one of y'all. It's not going right. to be me. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, I mean, I didn't mind Icarus. I thought that he was playing a pretty good Superman character. I found Druig and Sprite really whiny, especially Druig. I was like, ugh. Well, this, Drew this guy. and Sprite were whiny, but Sprite had more screen time, which just made it worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Drew, he's he's sprinkled in there. Um, he, I, I think he redeems himself towards the end because uh, he, he saves Cersei after Sprite stabbed her in the back. So, um, I thought that was nice, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, and Sprite was also complicated. She had a thing for Icarus, but was a child, so could never act on it. But they didn't really <laughs> want to bring that up because it's a child. Um, so that just felt weird. Um, but also, Druig and Makari, they had a little relationship. I was like, eh. They did. It seemed innocent, innocent he, but, it, but isn't she he kind of young? They seem young. He, no, he looks really young compared to her. I mean, oh, she doesn't. Okay. She, she doesn't look old or anything. No, no. Well, he's twenty nine. What? He didn't look it, but oh, I yeah, I wouldn't have guessed. Um, but and she's forty three. Oh wow! I mean, there's definitely an age difference. We can tell, right? right. <laughs> but they, but no, but they, but they, they definitely had like a very close relationship. It was ne- It was very flirtatious. Yeah. Um, I guess it would have been interesting to know a little more about that, but I think I'm fine with what we got. Um, but how does this movie compare to the other films? Like, what where does it place? Um, you know, I think of it, it's not as you know, like Doctor Strange. I love that movie. <laughs> love it, love it. Um, love how it was filmed. Love the story. Love the characters. All of it. I like this one too. I love this one too, but it there wasn't as much like moments where I was like, oh my gosh, what is this is crazy that this is happening, right? Jaw dropping moments. Um, 
even the fighting style and things because they're all their powers like based from the same thing so they looked visually similar um until that very last fight scene i think it was it's like eh, not as exciting that way um the deviant as the villain in this um who i guess really wasn't the villain you could say the villain was icarus um i feel like i wanted more from the deviants there was a scene that was deleted somehow um with particularly that main deviant who you know gained the ability to speak and took most of the powers i wanted more know more about him um and you know what the motivations were and um well, i mean he gave the motivations but i feel like i could use more screen time with them as well to kind of get their side of things because they're really a victim here i mean they were just doing what they were instructed to do the same way the internals were but then cast aside it's so. because they're ugly that's the only reason why you know right that illusion because you look better you're a good person that's right the celestial (laughs) is obviously racist um so against the deviants (laughs) so so he created more perfect beings that did not look like them so that was unfortunate um but i could use it more i could have used more from them um i could have used more thing in this um, and Gilgamesh, I would have loved to see more of that. Um, so yeah, it left me wanting more, but it was somehow still two and a half hours. Oh yeah, it is long. Um, at right. first, I was Some like, people- I don't know if I can get through this, but I was. <laughs> it was a little boring in the beginning. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm not really right. like nothing is attracting me to this, but you know, right. I, I, I started to get on board. I think it's also because no one is coming into this, and no one says, you know. Cersei's my favorite Marvel character. Azak is my favorite Marvel superhero. That's no one, right? <laughs> There's no kids going to, no Halloween costumes next year based off this movie. Um, you know, kids aren't going to play with these toys. Um, it's, it's a movie for the sake of Marvel storytelling and history and world building. Um, it's not a movie that's going to be really boosted by nostalgia. Yeah, I mean, what can they really wear to imitate these characters? A white cloak? I mean, I mean <laughs> it was hilarious. Lena wore this pretty much the same outfit the whole time. She said, I don't care what year it is, I'm comfortable. Um, <laughs> that's the way it is. Yeah, um, but we did forget to mention that the leader deviant did die and Thena yeah. killed him. But yes, I guess it really didn't matter in the end. No, and that was an interesting thing because, of course, she was having memories from her past. It seemed like when the Deviant went to absorb her power, he um, indirectly gave her memories as well or or unlocked them. So she's able to come back to herself. Um, I mean, that was sad, too, that that PTSD kind of mindset. Um, But her being able to snap out of it and uh, defeat him was was interesting. Um, Some history that wasn't in the film because it makes things more confusing um is thena is thena and a deviant i believe are thanos's parents let me fact check that because there's the comics go a lot make it even more confusing than it is no it wasn't it was someone else thena is related to him somehow which is confusing because how are they related if they're robots um but I guess they're not robots, and they—I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I um, think they say they're robots in the movie. They do. 
So again, how could they always have a brother? Um, well, maybe they think they're robots because that's what their interpretation is. That's true. Okay, no, Thena and Thanos are first cousins. Yeah, Thanos is related by blood to Thena since Zuras, Zuras's daughter. Um, yeah, it, it's, it gets even more deep and confusing if you try to understand this history um, and which doesn't quite make and it's the comics get to do this thing where a comic can come out and a new writer can change the story and like the comic doesn't really matter anymore or the matter it, things change from from you know decades in these books but whenever you're trying to make one piece of story with the, the mcu it doesn't quite line up that well because you can't just change stuff willy-nilly because people get upset for continuity reasons um what i think is you could say that I think what the multiverse is getting at with these movies, and maybe we'll see with Doctor Strange, is that, yes, these films are based off the comics, but they are their own universe. So some of the rules aren't the same. Some of the relationships aren't the same. So things can be bent, um, which is confusing, but um, I guess is a way to explain away any discrepancies. Yeah. I mean, you got to separate the comics from Marvel Cinematic Universe. But um, mm -hmm. any other thoughts about the film? Oh, yeah. Did, did you answer the question of where you rank it? No. I, so it's not quite to the level of excitement for me. Um, it's definitely above Ant-Man. Um, so that tells you nothing. It's somewhere in the middle. Um, it's, uh. yeah. It's it's really somewhere in the middle of these films. I I don't know if it's like top ten. I don't know. It's so different. It's hard to compare them. Um, I I think it falls somewhere in the middle. Um, it's definitely not a top tier Marvel film. Um, mm. I think it just further expands the universe of the uh, cinematic universe. But um, there's nothing that I can just think back to and I'm like, you know, I need to go back and watch that scene because it was so gripping. Um, it changed my whole perspective about everything or whatever. Um, the main thing that I liked was the was uh, the celestial Arisham showing up in that theme. Hmm. You know, <laughs> that was just like just so jarring in a good way. You know, it's yeah. just captured my attention but much more grand than thanos who was like over seven feet tall um <laughs> but it just yeah it was even bigger than seeing him show up right yes um well i mean we had heard so much about thanos how bad he was um we were kind of we had some expectations but he exceeded those expectations i mean just to go off topic real quick but um we had already seen how strong the Hulk was and, you know, um, Thor and everything and how he just destroyed the Hulk like it was nothing without mm -hmm. using an Infinity Stone. That was a great setup or a great start to yeah. that film just yeah. to show how powerful he was. But there was nothing like that in this film. So um, it falls in the middle for me. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's. It's, I feel like it's odd because it's so 
the movie is so grand and the and the the list of main characters is so grand or i mean the actual actresses and actors um but it still ends up in the middle somehow yeah it's it's gonna stay in the middle but um any other thoughts no i think that that does it for me in the internals <laughs> i think that does it for us at Ain reviews thank you everybody for listening uh make sure to check out our other platforms including youtube instagram and twitter which will all be linked in the description and if you want to send us a message you can click that message link to get featured on the show and thanks for listening <laughs>